Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I am your host, Sean Gomery, and here with me as usual, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. On camera. Yep, uh, new one, so. <laughs> yes, uh, cool that we, we have you on camera for this is a special episode, our last one of 2023, and our where we're also going to cl- uh, you know crown our game of the year. And also uh, just look back at the year and then talk about some of the big headlines and uh, other things from the year of 2023 in gaming. So uh, I guess a big thing for you since the last time you were on, you have a new laptop. Yep. Anything you want to say about it? Asus uh, G16. I think it's the Strix model, but I'm not sure. It's got 10,000 different models. Uh, It's all right. It's been seven years since I had my, you know, since I bought my last laptop. So, yeah, needed an update. <laughs> yeah, it's it always gets to that time, especially when you get laptops, you can't be uh, messing with the insides too much. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I already, I did put in some, uh, this had a uh, one terabyte SSD and up that to, I up that, I got a new, uh, two terabyte one, uh, like added as well. Uh, but, yeah, I'm happy with it so far, except I had to downgrade it from, I had Windows 11 on it, which is terrible, so I had to get, put Windows 10 on onto it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That sucks. It, uh, hopefully it wasn't too much of a trouble to have to downgrade. No, it was actually pretty seamless. Uh, my problem with Windows 11, I mean, I didn't like how it looked. That was kind of, I mean, I could kind of get around that, but, like, it was a huge ram hog for some reason. Oh. Like, it would be idling at, like, 60%. And- Yo, dog, I haven't opened anything up yet. Like, this is turning me, turning it on. Like, it'd be like 62% right. memory utilization. And it's like, that's not great. And then, yeah, you know, not. I, I'd be opening Chrome tab. I mean, I have a bunch of Chrome tabs usually open anyway, but like, that would hurt the problem to the point where like Chrome would be running out of memory. Oof. And it's like, I got, I, I shouldn't have more memory problems with this with 16 gigabytes of RAM. In my previous laptop, which had 12, you know? Right. And also, like, it wouldn't go away. Like, if even if I closed Chrome, the memory usage might go down, like, a few percentage points, but not dramatically. And then it would just start climbing back up. It got to the point where, like, I idle, like, one time last week, as like, 82%. I'm like... That's crazy. That's, that's a lot. Like... Yeah. I'm not doing anything. Like, there's nothing open on this thing that would necessitate that at all. It's like some weird either memory leak or some cache issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a bunch of different options or suggestions from people about how to fix it. But yeah, uh, it's like, no, just uh, I'm just going to get to Windows 10. <laughs> well, uh, anything else you want to say about it really quick? Or? Uh, I'm gaming some more on it now. I, I reinstalled WoW for uh, like a month. Just yeah. Like the Christmas crap. Uh, I installed Forza Horizon 5. Okay. Uh, 
which I like, but the uh, that like, went pretty well on it. Yeah, yeah, it does it, it? It handles it quite nicely. The mm. some of the Mexican stuff is a little goofy, but yeah. it's a it's a Horizon game, so I kind of give that a pass. <laughs> uh, I I did try to install the Outer Worlds because I don't have Star Citizen, and yeah, all, all the games that I like really want to test out on this thing I don't have, like Cyberpunk or Starfield or Baldur's Gate. Right. Uh, so the Outer Worlds came out in 2019. And that does not have uh, native gamepad support for PS4, PS5 controllers. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, there's some some hackneyed method for like to use controllers, but it didn't actually work in Steam like that well. So you can't even use like a let's say a gamepad or whatever. Uh, a Microsoft one, you probably could. I'm, uh, but not a PS4 one or PS5 one, which is all I got oh. right now. So. Oh, you don't so, have like a like an old 360. I used thing. to. I used to have a really not, but I used to have like a wired one, but they don't make those anymore. They made, made those yeah, in like a decade. I still have so my old one, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, trying to. I mean, I have one, but like the cord, I think got frayed or got damaged somehow. So like it would keep disconnecting. Oh. Uh, so yeah, that was a huge hassle. So yeah, that's the only thing I can use at this time is a PS4 controller. Uh, but yeah, I like the laptop a lot so far. You know. It hopefully served me well in the next few years, at least. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, I've been thinking about doing the same. Uh, you know, this laptop is what I think like two, 2017. So your laptop's like a, at least one or two years newer, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm moving next week. Um, it's just two doors down, but I'm moving, so I'll have my own room again. For thing I've had, I haven't had my own room for. I think three years, as you can tell, this is my daughter's room that I'm always doing the show in. Uh, no, it's still your room. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I have to work in here, and it's a you know, and it's it sucks because uh, I always feel like I'm invading her space. So you can finally just I can I can actually feel like I can end work, and if I want to game for two hours and then go to sleep, I can do that right. and not feel like I have to just get out so that she can go to you know go to sleep and have right. school the next day. So, yeah. all right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if next week I'll be doing it from here again or from the new place. But, uh, yeah, next week we'll probably be doing, like, our most anticipated games and that kind of thing since we've still got, like, a few weeks before the new games of 2024 come out. But this show is about 2023. Uh, and, you know, before we get into talking about the games of 2023 and all that, uh, I guess let me do the housekeeping really quick. Um, if, uh, this is your first time listening or watching live, uh, normally we do the show like on Fridays around noontime, but, uh, I've had, uh, COVID for like three or four days. Uh, my mom got it and then passed it to all of us. Uh, you know, the one holiday gift you didn't want. Right. Um, so, uh, it sucks, unfortunately, but, um, I'm okay enough. I've had to work actually throughout having COVID throughout this entire time. So uh, I'm thankful that I, I'm working from home and don't have to go to the office. But um, yeah, it's it hasn't been great, but um, at least at least I'm well enough to be able to do this right now. So, you know, if you do watch live, normally we are on Fridays around noontime, just to so see, you know, right here on the W7 Network, uh, whether it's YouTube, Twitch, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, you can watch us live on Instagram now. Actually, uh, that's something StreamYard added like a couple weeks ago. 
um and on twitter all that stuff to network and then if you subscribe to the youtube channel you not only get what we do here uh the video game stuff but we also have a great entertainment uh group relative broadcasting mark and his crew do like awesome stuff for movies and tv pretty much all the every current movie that comes out they pretty much have the review that next monday or tuesday uh and the tv shows they do a pretty good job keeping up with as well so um i think they have the aquaman uh you know lost kingdom review out there if you want to go watch that um and of course talk to cakey which is our our anime show uh ethan and matt do a great job over there you can go check them out they did their fall uh specials where they give out their awards for the fall shows and everything so if you're wanting to know what you what to check out from this last season uh, definitely go uh, watch that as well so uh, without uh, further ado, just remember, you can also go listen on podcasts as well. It comes out a little bit later on podcasts, um, uh, but you can uh, go check it out there as well if you prefer to listen with your ears. So, all right, Mark, let's let's look into uh, this year. And I think it'd be kind of bad for us to not – we have to kind of talk about the obvious, right? Uh, almost 10,000 uh, different – Game dev jobs have been lost. Uh, game industry jobs have been lost this year. Um, feels like much bigger loss this year than a lot of other years uh, where it felt like it was constant. Uh, even even the great Bobby Kotick a few days ago, right? Uh, gone from Activision Blizzard after the, the merger with, um, with Microsoft finally went through. Right. Um, you know, we've lost some, some studios, some known studios. All that. I mean, just it sucks with like so many great games to talk about. We've had to talk about this a lot this year, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anything like uh, any studio that like you really hate seeing go or something like really stood out to you from one of those that like I feel like Embracer was probably the worst of, of all of them just from they they took up so much all those years and then they've just been letting people go constantly. Yeah. Like their downfall. I mean, they're still around, but their downfall is fairly impressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, unity is probably the biggest one to me, like how they completely cratered their business, like unnecessarily. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Can't really think yeah, of it. Like <laughs> John Riccatello having basically leaving right after that too. Just, Having yeah. to eat Dude, the mistake, Nicole, yeah, uh, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's been hard for some people, or for you know, some companies, and even companies that were successful have still had a lot of difficulties this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Epic with Fortnite, uh, we had uh, in Microsoft laid off people, like almost every studio, Naughty Dog, uh, laid off people. I mean, almost pretty much every studio you could think of, uh, even. You know, Insomniac, aside from the terrible leaks they went through, one of the things we did find out in those leaks is that apparently they're going to have to lay off at some point uh, people as well. So, and that's Sony's most consistent studio pretty much um, as far as this generation goes so far. So it's, yeah. it's incredible what it's shown that this year has been with all the highs. We've had such terrible low lows this year, not just in the that industry side, also on the the game journal side as well. Just so many, uh, just total 
divisions lost there and even total sites gone uh because of that so um yeah it's it just sucks to see and i i felt like we couldn't really move on to talk about good things about the year without having to like mention uh you know probably one of the most prevalent bad things about this year first but we discussed that um i guess let's look at it from the perspective i guess of because we're going to talk about the game you know our, our top games at the end so i don't think we need to really highlight so much um the games i guess uh you know one of the big things obviously for for sony is uh their one big game was marvel spider-man 2 which we'll talk about but they had some they had a change uh with jim ryan kind of stepping down and now they're going to have a lot of uncertainty going forward i mean like when you look at sony's year they had the one big game but uh any other things like stand out to you from from sony this year uh, uh that P- portable thing came out that yeah, the portal is apparently doing well kind of yeah uh, uh psvr2 yep which i don't really hear a lot of people talking about just aside from when it launched and then other than that that still exists right <laughs> yeah that's out <laughs> right uh you know i think like the playstation 5 has had a you know not a spectacular year but it towed the line pretty well or you know yeah kept on doing what it does <laughs> it's yeah sold outsold uh microsoft three to one with the xbox and you know um i i think people still wish that like their online service was better or like the streaming right. stuff especially like the old games like I'm oh, yeah I, premium I, still feels like it's i pay for it but yeah. i i still don't know why i paid those extra two dollars because there's really not i mean there is stuff on there right it's not like there's not anything but right. it just really feels like it doesn't you haven't really given me enough reason to pay those extra $2 and, and to say that it should exist, do yeah. more for it or take it away. Just put it all in, in the two boxes and, and right. uh, be done there. Um, It'd be nice if the, uh, whoever takes over Sony's, you know, the next person has more of a, uh, I wouldn't say obsession, but more of an interest in like preservation and like retro, retro. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, like the idea that, like with, with like backwards compatibility with Xbox or even the switch, like the Switch backwards stuff. Like we're not going to get every PS One, PS Two, PS Three game running on PS Five. You know that just yeah. will never. Happen. And I don't think they're ever going to solve the native PS Three problem. I think that's always going to be streaming. Right, but yeah. I would say I mean they could probably get a lot of their own PS One, PS Two, PS Three stuff running. And maybe yeah. Uh, at least PS1 and PS2. Like that, that's an that's extremely easy at this. Uh, I would say for like the handful of PS3 games that are actually like, you know, beloved or very niche or you know locked to that system, you know, start porting it. You know, if you can't build an emulator, find the quickest and easiest way to port it over. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you know, that... I, I want to play right. Tokyo Jungle HD. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the thing is, uh, I'm, I'm guessing for Sony's side, they still need to see that people are, are wanting to invest in that. Um, I don't know how their metrics go or how many people are subscribed to premium versus extra or just essential or whatever. I mean, they're the ones that have those numbers, but, um, it is, it is kind of important to, to kind of make that value 
happen. And I guess if you don't have enough people complaining about it, especially when you're going to charge that extra amount per year, if you subscribe to the yearly plan. Well, I think like, like, you know, you know, this year and last year have shown like that, you know, Sony games and steam and the PC, there's obviously demand there. Those are successful. Right. So, you know, get with it. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if that's going to change at all with, uh, you know, who they bring in. Are they going to keep that the same? Are they going to perhaps streamline that more? Uh, would yeah. that change at all uh, as to their whole thing with PC? Do they they try to bring in PC games faster into into the whole thing? So that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Do they add yeah. anything to the port? I'm still wondering if they're going to add streaming to the portal at some point. I don't know if they can do that with some kind of update, but I feel like that is like the one thing that look, it's great. I, I've I've seen so many people that say that they they got it as a gift for Christmas. I've seen a lot of people uh you know say that they got one and, and that they found uses for it that they never thought they were going to need. And imagine if it had streaming and you can actually not have to be Wi-Fi connected and you can go somewhere that maybe doesn't have a fantastic internet, but you could still use it streaming wise, uh, and it would make it a even a, a bigger thing for them. That won't happen, but <laughs> you don't okay because it, it, it's not like some, yeah, it just won't happen. <laughs> All right, just something I thought I'd bring up, but um, yeah, it will be interesting to see if anything changes for them on the VR front. Do they have? big first party games coming or is it all going to be you know third party we've already seen uh the highly rated asgard's wrath 2 come out for the meta quest 3 and that thing is uh took some headlines like late uh you know in the middle of december there before christmas so um how much will sony support that going into this year um and really kind of what's up for them like uh this year we kind of know that first three months right uh a lot of it's third party, um, but we'll see what happens to them. I mean, right now they're successful. They're doing great as far as um, what they've been able to do and how the system's selling. Uh, got a lot of, uh, we don't know what's going on with the games and service stuff, kind of going backwards with that a little bit, um, it yeah. feels like. But yeah, um, Xbox finally got their big deal through. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest things to follow for this year was, is Xbox going to get this to pass, right? And they finally did after making the concession of Ubisoft is the one that's going to control their cloud gaming. Uh, We'll see how that works eventually. I still feel like there's going to be some kind of Ubisoft Plus uh, thing eventually that gets tagged onto Game Pass. Uh, that will make that cloud thing not as a little bit less uh, like inconspicuous as it is right now. But yeah, um, I don't know. They they had Hi-Fi Rush. They had some other big games uh, come out this year. Uh, what did you, what did you think about? I guess I know you don't own a Series X or S, but what did you think about Xbox? I mean, Hi-Fi Rush uh, seemed cool, uh, and Forza Motorsport. I think it's just one or yeah. I think they took the number it's off. Kind of, it's eight, but they took the number off. Yeah, yeah, right. That seems serviceable enough, but they've had a rough year this year with Redfall completely tanking right. and Starfield. I don't know if it's a su- success or not. You know, like 
They say it is. Well, it is in, as far as it actually made money compared to things that we know Game Pass can sometimes take people, make people not buy things. Uh, it yeah. is actually one of those games that people bought aside from it also being. Yeah. I mean, I'd buy a copy on Steam if I had the money to. Uh, right. But, you know, there's just not a ton of buzz around it. And yeah. Well, people talk about it. Right. Um, okay, but yeah, but like, look yeah. at the game awards. Like, it got yeah. one nomination for I think like best RPG, which it obviously lost. And right, even in that category, it's not like it came, it was a, a close second or anything like that. Right. Uh, it, arguably, there could have been others that are second. Yeah, exactly. Uh so I I just think like their whole this is the game of the generation, the game of the decade, or whatever mm-hmm. bullshit they were trying to say, like. Don't hype it up that much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely in the conversation because it's very controversial. Like you've got the people that are very uh, gun ho about it; they enjoy it. You know, uh, it's also got a lot of controversy because it's got weird Steam reviews where you got people that played eight hundred hours and somehow hate it, and then you got yeah. people that played it for like two hours and are sitting there speaking the gospel about it. So uh, you don't know what to believe, honestly. Sometimes. Um, a lot of people that kind of felt like it was kind of like, all right, you know, whatever. It's it's definitely not a game of the generation. So interesting to to kind of like, at least you were a talking point the whole year. But, you know, it's, I, I'm not a Bethesda person. So it wasn't a game that even is on Game Pass. I, it didn't motivate me that much to play, especially because, it you know, everything I kind of saw... <laughs> Well, like everything I kind of saw was like, okay, this is not what, you know, we were thinking of it was going to be and all that. Like, you know, um, I think people like really uh, wanted like uh, Firefly and, you know, like a Firefly RPG. Right. And that's arguably like more what the Outer Worlds is. That's kind of what I wanted to like replay it or play it. But Starfield incredibly looked very sanitized and like very clean and like almost without a personality. Mm hmm. So, I mean, I can't, I guess I can't judge it since I haven't played it, but that's just right. like the surface level to me. Yeah. And then going like, oh, I got this great big shit builder. It's like, okay, that's great, I guess. But how does that materially in- impact the gameplay or who cares, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I mean, hell, uh, you know, a game had a, gr- a, a good shit builder, Kingdom Hearts 1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's the thing that kind of sucks too, right? Like it, it does have like cool things about it. It's just it doesn't have enough of those cool things like all together um, that yeah. kind of motivated people to get I, I th- going. I think, I think their rationale for at least Starfield is like, oh, we got a thousand planets. You know, not, not all of them are inhabited with cool shit to do. Right. And then going like, oh, but. You know, some planets are boring, or you know, that's just the way it would be. It's like, well, yes, in reality, it would be like that, but you're you're not. You know, this is a seventy dollars game. Like, you, you either do what Outer Worlds does and only have like twelve planets, but they're all like interesting, or you do what No Man's Sky did and you know, a billion planets, but have it all like procedurally generated, have something to do, kind of, but. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like that thing of remember it's a video game and yeah, there's a realism point to it where it's like, do you want to make this fun or not? You know, right? Um, but yeah, I think, like, yeah, I, I mean, I was gonna say, like, I think overall the Xbox has had a 
you know, a decent year, and they're obviously right. after that Activision thing finally got ran through. But well, I think it's still like a wait and see approach of we're still waiting for these games to hit. And yeah, the, the funniest thing to me is that they're dropping to the price of the current Xbox Series X to like three fifty. Yeah, um, I mean, they definitely want again. Xbox is about getting you into their ecosystem, right? They don't. It doesn't. They're already yeah. losing on the Xbox, so why not discount it even more to get people to buy it and get in it? Yeah, when I when I turn my computer on, and I set, set it up for like Windows eleven and ten. Both times they offer me like a free Game Pass trial run yeah. for like, like a month or three months or so, something. It's like, I got Steam. I'm cool. <laughs> you didn't want to take it just to you know test it out for a month. All right. Um, I mean, I can always I can always get it. I think like yeah, I guess I don't think that goes away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Xbox is really about let's let's see what happens with this Activision Blizzard stuff. I mean, they could definitely announce uh, certain things. Already getting rumors of uh, there is somebody working on Banjo. Uh, finally, well, that's I don't know that it's it's not been substantiated by anybody. It's just a they're, rumor they're right now. Banjo and Warzone, aren't they? Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. It's definitely one of those things where it's all about a wait and see. Still got Hellblade 2 coming next year and other games that they are are kind of waiting in the wings to see where they are. Does Avowed finally come out? Um, does some other things finally come out that they, we've been waiting on? Let's yeah. see. Let's see what kind of year Xbox has next year. But this year, they next had... Year. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, next year is finally the year of Fable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think if you don't count, you know, the things that were technically not part of Microsoft until later in the year and they weren't made with anything that had to do with Microsoft, right? Like Diablo 4 doesn't really have anything to do with Microsoft at this point, it was made, right? Uh, you know, before they were acquired. They really just, they really had Hi-Fi Rush. Forza Motorsport is great for what that is, um, but it's, it's not, it doesn't seem like it set the world on fire because it's not. It's not like when Forza Horizon came out where we were talking about Game of the Year for Forza Horizon. Uh, that's not even been on anybody's radar, and look how great this year has been. So it's kind of like been Hi-Fi Rush, and that's kind of like what they've been, uh, you know, going on. Other than, you know, they they added some great games to Game Pass, which we'll talk about some of those as well when we talk about the games. But um, I feel like if we're going to talk about the, the big three, the one that's outshone everybody, and they're the ones that have the highest or the oldest system is Nintendo this year. They flat yeah. out just said, if this really is going to be the last year of the Switch, bangers out here with Tears of the Kingdom, Mario Wonder, uh, you know, the Xenoblade 3 DLC, Mario they had RPG, Pikmin Mario 4. RPG, Pikmin Ad 4. Advanced Wars finally came out. <laughs> finally, yeah. A Fire Emblem Engage. So, yeah. I mean... Um, just and not to mention it's it's still the indie machine so all the indies that that came to it as well and all that i mean just, th th yeah. that's a consequence of it being a mature machine i don't know i don't mean mature like game like you know old or you know over 17 obviously you know it's been out for seven years and yeah you know they know how to they know how to, how to work it for that but, i mean the problem though is like they're all nintendo games you know <laughs> that's always been the problem since the GameCube. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but I mean, it's 
I definitely third party supported them a lot more with the Switch. It's just it's obviously underpowered, so there's only so many that can had, support them. You know, you should, get, you should try that Batman Arkham Trilogy collection. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Arkham Knight is apparently absolutely horrible on there. Yeah, uh, the other two aren't great either. <laughs> but no, it's still uh, incredible to me that Nintendo was able to pull all of that out this year on that system. Um, and we still don't know what more uh, Metro Prime 4 is, uh, but they, oh, they also had Metro Prime Remaster, and that yep. thing looks like it's actually almost like a remake of Metro Prime, uh, with how good it is, yeah. So, I mean, they they really were able to pull out all the big ones, and now it's like they have some really cool stuff coming next year as well, and it's kind of like that looming thing of do they actually announce the Switch 2 next year? That's the sort of thing that's kind of, you know, sitting there for Nintendo. Do you think it actually does get announced? I, I think it'll be announced next year, but I don't think it'll be released next year. Okay. I think they'll have still have like one more year of, uh, it won't be like a banner year, but they'll have like one more year of like, uh, you know, Metroid Prime 4, maybe one or two other games, like more stopgap game, and then it'll be like that'll be it yeah they have the the princess the showtime princess peach game coming i think like in march uh and i we still don't know where those uh the rumored twilight princess and wind waker remakes are will they pull those out next year does the metroid prime 2 and 3 remasters show up next year does metro prime 4 4 show up next year or do they wait for the switch 2 for that um Yeah, there's games they could pull out of a hat, and obviously there's always the ports that they can do to to get, kind of get people going uh, of older games as well that work for the Switch. So, yeah, they don't get too many of those left anymore, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they've they put a lot of stuff on there uh, for sure. There's that one that uh, you want, like Xenoblade Chronicles X, but that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it'd be cool if we we got Chrono Trigger on there, but. Not holding my breath. That that's... I actually just speaking of that, I actually just bought a copy of that like a week ago, like four days ago. What on on Super Nintendo? Yeah. Oh wow! I imagine that was expensive. Uh two hundred. Jeez. But I got All I right. got it for like one thirty because I traded in some other crap. Okay. Well, the game's definitely worth it for that. Yeah. Um, but all right, I think. We've kind of looked at the big three. We've uh, looked at some of the big stories. What about the stadium, man? Come on. No. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to talk about of from the year that um, we might have missed? or I haven't you... set it up yet, but I got my analog duo, so I'll test that out eventually. <laughs> uh, but all right, let's talk about our 25 games, uh, be- You know, our best 25 games of this year. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put out the thing right now that the, the coda or the the preface, <laughs> the preface that we are not. Uh, these are games that myself, Mark, or Randy played. Uh, Randy couldn't be on today because um, he's a slacker. He, <laughs> he's he's doing uh, he's doing uh, sports broadcasting for yeah. a basketball tournament. So um, well, here, here's here's the thing. Yeah, uh, at least this year I really didn't play a ton of games. Yeah, uh, I mean, you had mo- a lot of the year you were uh, recuperating. Yeah. 
So yeah, I was, I was out of action. Yeah. So and we all like none of us played every game, this or every big game. This so, is yeah. This is one of those years where we we have gaps definitely with the big. So games. like you know the biggest game is Baldur's Gate three. That's generally yeah, considered the game of the year. Like and none of us played it. Jens has played it a little. Uh but he won't finish it until 2026 at least. Yeah. Uh, so he ain't going to re- re- review it or anything. Uh, so, yeah, like there are games that I would have loved to play, like Lies of P or... Uh, I played it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not, again, that's not your type of game anyway. Right. But, I, I did like, enjoy Alan, it for it not being my type of game, actually. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm speaking more myself, like, or Alan Wake too. Like, I, that's really yeah. up my alley, but I didn't play it. So Right, right. Or the big, I mean, the biggest one to me, not the biggest, but another big one to me, and something I don't think any of us played, which is kind of shocking, is Mario RPG. Oh, I played Mario RPG, yeah. It's okay. just, I didn't vote for it because um, I, I felt it does do things differently than the original, but it's yeah. not like it does this huge leap forward. Um, I, I where, got new- yeah. I got news about Spider-Man 2 then for you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I had other games that I enjoyed more yeah. uh, out of my top 10. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the, the one that wound up winning is not surprising, but yeah, it's, um. so that's the thing. There's going to be some games missing, obviously, that are in other people's uh, lists that have been able to play or they have a bigger group of people to go from. So yeah. just be uh, prepared for that. Um, so yeah. Uh, and this time we did it differently. Uh, the other years we've, we've, uh, either had more people on the episode where we do this and we actually kind of do the banter back and forth where we decide the whole list with people on here. Last year we tried to do that with me and Mark and it, I kind of listened back to it and it just didn't work very well. Um, because it's just two people talking. And then after a while it kind of, we end up saying the same things and, when you get to the whole point of the actual ranking part, it's like there's not a lot of fun discussion. Yeah. So what we did was we kind of did the point system. Randy, Mark, and myself gave our – well, Randy gave a top 10 because that's pretty much the 10 games that he played this year uh, that were from 2023. And then Mark and I kind of filled out the rest. We did like a top 13 or top top 15, and then they wound up being like, you know, our 11th also – factored in so we did that i ranked them with points and that's how we decided 25 games uh that are on this list so um some of randy game randy's games that we're not familiar with where it's going to be really quick that we're going to pass through them uh moving out two is the first one on the list uh that was uh randy's number 10 uh, it's a game i actually i like moving out one I meant to play it. It was on PS Plus actually this year, uh, and I did not uh, get to it, so I can't comment on it. Um, but hey, he liked it enough to put it on here, so uh, you know, there you go. Um, Mark actually won the heads or tails, so all of his uh, type, you know, all his uh, numbered ones that were above the same as mine, they got the uh, top spot when we when we go to the tie break. So. Uh, number 24 for me, which was my number 11, Like a Dragon, Gaiden, uh, The Man Who Erased His Name. 
Uh, it's obviously it's on Game Pass. You guys can go play it right now. For me, I played Ishin as well, and I know you did as well, Mark. I felt like Ishin is cool as a historical tale or whatever, but I think if Ishin was your first kind of it'd be really bad for that. Yeah. Like I think Gaiden actually works as a good, here is a short intro into what like a dragon used to be. And well, you get a, yeah, go ahead. Here's the thing. Ishin is based on an, uh, you know, a PS3 yeah. game. And yeah, the, that's I mean, the roots are that you can clearly see that the roots are still there from that thing. So, uh, the man with no name being a smaller game. That's more based on the recent game helps <laughs> yeah um you know like i i just think that when i when we're comparing the two um i think that honestly it's a better game to if i'm gonna pick one or the other i think it works better as number one it's a great story for kiryu yes you will not have any of the backstory for kiryu if you're starting this as the your, don't worry they always got yeah. videos and shit to <laughs> catch you up yeah. like, this is what happened but, in the past eight games. <laughs> right. Um, but the ending is great also. Like, it has a wonderful ending. Uh, some of the gameplay stuff is not great because it does feel like they're kind of, like, slowly gating you through the game because this was supposed to be DLC. Yeah. And it does feel like DLC at times uh, because of that. So you don't have the necessarily, like, Oh, where the side stories kind of come out of nowhere and whatever, but the the things that make make it special for me are like the agent, uh, the agent powers are really fun to use. I love using that like electro whip to like throw people around and whatever, and it's just it was like a really fun game. That I mean, obviously it had the uh, the effect that I wanted to play it also because of. Uh, it has the Like a Dragon uh, Infinite Wealth demo yeah. as well. But, yeah, like, you know, it, it's just, it, you get a lot of the what made Like a Dragon special. If you haven't played uh, any of these and you're, like, looking forward to Infinite Wealth or you've only played the the original Like a Dragon, you know, Yakuza 7, then this is, like, a great way for you to kind of, okay, this is kind of what I missed you'll either end up liking this or not. Um, and then that's kind of it, you know? Like, and also they, they added the, uh, the English VO now. So for the, the, it being in Japanese is an issue. Right. You can obviously play it in although, English too. Although I know the English guy who does carry is like not great at it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I want to <laughs> disparage somebody. I haven't listened to it. I know there's a lot of people that were, that are uh, Yakuza fans that are not big on it. So uh, I can kind of understand that. (laughs) Time to bring back Michael Madsen. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. Let's, I don't think we need to go that far. Um, But no, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think it's, it it works for what it is and it works. I think it's perfect for game pass. Like I think it's perfect for, for being on that and, yeah, more people should go play it. It's yeah, I think it's kind of underrated from this year for sure. Yeah. Uh probably uh a game that I think a lot of people are probably gonna be surprised that it's low on this list. Uh this is Mark's number eleven game, uh Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Why why is it so low for you, Mark? 
Uh, it just wasn't like as interesting as the first game. That's, I mean, that's going to be kind of a recurring prop, recurring issue on this list, I think. Uh, like, I really like the first game, and this game has some of the magic, but not enough. Uh, and also had some like glaring technical issues on PS5. I know they've like patched up to like be 60 frames per second now, which is would probably help. Uh, yeah, just too too much like of the same thing. It's still good, and when they make the third one, I'll probably play that too. But I didn't even finish this one, so man, that says a lot right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, you know, it's one of those games that like I feel like a lot of people enjoyed when it first came out, and then it kind of got lost in the the uh, shuffle. It was, also, it was yeah. it's also weird because like I found it was like, pretty easy compared to like the first game. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you know, it starts to be like the Dark Souls like game, but there's not a, not a ton of challenge in this one, uh, and also like they gave you they gave you upgrade points and stuff, but. It's like you're just looking at this stuff going like nothing in this tree interests me at all. Like, what am I supposed to spend this on? <laughs> you know, like I guess I'll spend it on this thing because why not? But it's not like, oh, I'm saving up these points to get this one ability or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Uh I I have also, you know, I heard that uh it's a lot bigger in this one than yeah, you know, like, I don't know about bigger. Maybe I mean maybe like the main some of the cities bigger. are bigger, right? And yeah, like the main like the and like the main hub city is definitely like pretty huge. Uh, I would say to me it felt pretty comparable to like the last one, though, honestly. And does it feel? I mean, I, a lot of people made a lot of uh, about the stances, right? Like having the different stances and having the yeah, it, it being spot. harder than the last game. I don't, I don't find it harder at all, actually. Really? Okay. Uh, there, there. I guess like one or two bosses or some stuff is more annoying, but you can just kind of. I just eventually started choosing stuff, but it was more like I think there are five stances, and that might be like one too many because he had like you know one lightsaber, two lightsabers, dual blade of lightsaber, blaster with lightsaber, and I think there's one more. Uh and it's like this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> track of and you know oh certain stances work better against others i just use the double-bladed one because that's one that can deflect laser blasts the best you know yeah i can understand that yeah yeah i mean if you i liked it but i i completely forgot i played it until we talked about this an hour ago so and i have (laughs) no desire to go back to playing it you know i i I uninstalled it a while ago anyway yeah Fine. um if you do want to hear like i did have um and uh i did have andrew on when the first game first came out we have an episode where he reviews it um from the andrew from the duo sense podcast he really liked the game uh so you can go check out our episode on that on the youtube channel or on podcasts um yeah. and he gives a great review of it so yeah this is like man this was such a stacked year for games that while it is surprising because it is one of the big AAA games, um, right. this is also a game that like was nominated for Game Awards and wouldn't get right anything yeah. either. So, you know, uh, it is it is what it is. So it, it's a it's a very good game, but yeah, that's not a memorable one or like a special one. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, that's the thing when you have a this year was big on sequels, 
And when you have that feeling of being with sequels, um, then you're going to run into that. For some people, it's going to be a huge revolution and it's going to be worth checking out. And it's going to be like the, you know, the game I'm going to, that's going to be some of the games I'm going to talk about that are sequels or were great for me. Like I, I thought they, they actually moved upon the first game. Like they, they actually iterated upon it and there's some that are just, Hey, it's a, it's a really great one of these, you know, and that's kind of uh, what happens sometimes with that. Yeah. So uh, moving on the list here are 20 are, are, uh, are 22. Um, is uh, Humanity. Randy uh, voted for Humanity as his number nine. Uh, I did play some of this, actually, because it was on PS Plus. Um, it, this is actually a game that's probably better in uh, VR, um, just for the, the fun of that. But it's, a, it's like a Lemmings game. So you're doing, like, puzzles, and you're moving these hordes of people, and you're a dog, and you're kind of moving them to solve this puzzle. And it gets increasingly, increasingly harder how you have to move them. And just in the levels that I played, it's actually really cool the way that they make you have to think about how can I get these people to move this way so that they go out this door and fall this certain way. And it's like, it's it's really well done. It's really well done, actually. Um, so I can see why Randy put it on here. Uh, and I've seen some people want to put it on uh, their lists and stuff like that. So it's been getting some love in places. Yeah. Uh, is this a game that would interest you at all? or I didn't really like the look of it, but I might give it a shot. I mean, I like the guy who made it. So, you know, yeah, does good work. <laughs> all right. Um, Randy says he's actually going to be able to join us at some point here. He's on the way home. So uh, whenever he gets back he- on, I'll keep the lane until (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess the next one number 21 diablo 4 mark this is another game that was huge and big at the at the start of the when it first came out and then all of a sudden the season one of the you know next part of it came out and it just it did everything wrong apparently and made people fall out of love with the game and, and all that. Is that kind of what happened with you or what I'm you end still, up? I'm actually so still playing you? it kind of. Uh, I finally got a character up to level 100. Uh, I don't know how people did it in like two days. It's like, it took me like three months. You That's know? crazy. That's crazy to me. I, I assume there's like power leveling like crazy or, you know, having friends who are like way higher level, get them up to. Yeah, spec. maybe. Or, you know, or, I mean, I think when you play with more people, you do get more experience. So that, that's probably it as well. Uh, yeah. That could I think be. the biggest problem with Diablo 4 uh, is even compared to Diablo 3, it's not spontaneity. Like, there's no spontaneity in the game at all. And there are a few things like, oh, the world boss. It's like, okay, it's not spontaneous at all. Like, you just, it, it appears every six hours. You know where it is, or you know it'll show up on the map. You kill it. It takes you know, two minutes and they just move on to the next thing. Like yeah. there's no, and even like they have like a world quest system kind of, or, you know, like, Oh, these are the quests in this area, but they all fall under like the same four or five different, you know, categories. So it's just so repetitious, like constantly. Oh, great. I guess got to find this corpse again in this fucking 
rate the circle and you know activate it and spawn enemies and kill them and repeat forever you know uh what what character did you wind up using with uh necromancer uh because okay. i had the i had the sorcerer with Yens, but after he i mean he hates the game so we killed lilith and he was like all right i'm gonna solve this thing right now like, <laughs> uh yeah it's just incredibly dull like I, my le- high level necromancer is kind of fun now just because I can kind of just steamroll mo- mostly anything. I kill. I still can't like kill Uber Lilith. Uh, if I had like a group, I probably could pretty easily. But right, you know, uh, it's just incredibly dull. And that's I also also I didn't like the look of that game. I know Jens does. I know a lot of people do because they didn't like. I, I mean, that street. looks cool to me. Like I, I yeah, that's one of the things that has always kind of intrigued me about Diablo is this look, but. I like Diablo three. I mean, Diablo three had a more cartoony look, I guess. Like, I can agree that might not be great, but Diablo three is also like colorful. Like this game, it's just like they desaturated the hell out of it and looks like a Dark Souls game. And it's like, yo, I have Dark Souls. I wanted to play that. (laughs) Like, right. That's why. I mean, comparing the two, I like like Lost Ark a lot more, just because that has like an actual unique visual style instead of just copying the one from, you know. Dark Souls. Yeah. I mean, okay, when they make a new expansion, I'll get it and play it. But, and I, you know, it's a good game just to like really, you know, put in a podcast and shut your brain off. But that's about <laughs> that's it. good too. Yeah. It's good yeah. to have those games as well. Right. So, um, you know, that, that being said, let's uh, move on here to, well, it's a remake, but it's a, it's a familiar remake. I mean, uh, our number 20 is uh, Randy's uh, number eight game, Dead Space Remake. Um, it's kind of the overlooked of the horror games. Uh, the, you know, there was a big three horror games that came out. Uh, Alan Wake 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, and then this remake. And this one came out really early in January. And I feel like there's people that are, you know, giving it love. But, it, you know, because it came out so early, it's it kind of yeah. gets lost in the shuffle. And this one is also very... Um, very close to the original, right? As well. So, it, I don't know if you've uh, seen I, anything. I don't, I don't think it deviated yeah. much at all, did it? Or it added some things to where uh, I think if you like went off the beaten path, there was yeah. uh, more monsters that were gonna get you if uh, you didn't, you know, do what you're supposed to do. Uh, there's a little bit more ambiance to it as well, I think, than in the yeah. the original. So. Uh, but, there's things that they added, and obviously the uh, the graphics. Right. Uh, I haven't played it. I I did try to play Dead Space one and two, like when they first came out. I didn't mm-hmm. wasn't a huge fan of either one, I guess. So that's why I didn't touch this one. But seemed good, you know. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and also Hopefully it is I on Game Pass on now too. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's one I'll check out because I I've been slowly getting into more survival horror games so like i i picked up resident Evil Four, but i'm barely early in the game like i'm still in chapter one so that's why it wasn't high on my list there or on my list at all because i really haven't played it much yeah um but yeah uh whenever randy gets on i'll i'll get him to talk about these ones that we haven't been able to he had a lot of the other ones the other games on here he he had those with us these are the three that he didn't so we'll we'll get to talk about some of his other games that um, he didn't put in here. Uh, so 
at number 19, a game that has really gotten a lot of love as well. Uh, Armored Core 6 Fires Rubicon. Yeah. Uh, some folks are giving it their game of the year and everything. Uh, you know, the the most recent FromSoft game. Uh, what did you what did you think about this? Is this now the, the best version of Armored Core? Or? Yeah, because all the other ones were janky as shit. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't play I didn't play a ton of this. I played like the first five or ten hours. It weirdly yeah. like made me more tense or more anxious than like Dark Souls. Uh, wow. Okay. Which was like weird, but like because they remove a lot of the death penalty in this game and a lot a lot of the stuff about like in the old games, like if you lost a mission, you got money taken away from you which sucks. okay like because it's like well now i'm in the red like so this is kind of an issue uh and they made this game a lot more approachable and a lot more like fluid especially like kind of dancing not dancing but like skating around the environment it's like boosting around and stuff like, it feels a lot more nimble and fun uh yeah but to me the, the anxious part was more like i don't know if like the weapons i have can actually complete this mission or not and i don't want to keep replaying a mission just to find like oh i needed i needed the plasma sword and i don't have it on me so i guess i'm gonna do this again hey but, randy good hey, to have you on sir how's it going yep. here to talk about video games i didn't play what's up yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> so we we've kind of already gone uh well mark finish your thoughts on armored core here no that was about it like it's a good game uh the first good game in the franchise <laughs> yeah Hey, better late than never, right? Uh, yeah, another can finally make Chrome Hounds too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Randy, we've already been through your the only three games you didn't have that we had on our list, uh Dead Space 2 or Dead Space Remake, uh moving out to and uh what was your now I can't think of the oh humanity the number uh humanity. Yeah. Anything you want to say about those since we already... They're all good games, you should play them. And I need to play more of, of moving out too. Hey, the only reason moving out to made my list is we've had a lot of fun as a family playing that game. The reason why it ended up as 10 is because it took everything that was great about moving out to and overcomplicated it or about the first. What do you mean? Out. Yeah, moving out. What, do you, yeah. what do you mean by overcomplicating? Well, moving out, all it is is you're moving stuff out of houses and throwing them in the truck. And then in the second one, now there's a candy world and all sorts of other different worlds and mechanics that my six year old can no longer understand. So it went yeah. from. Okay, we'll we'll pull along the six year old and we'll have fun with it. To, well, we're trying to figure out this mechanic and she can't do anything. Like you have to break all these different things, and it's great as a an expansion to the first game, but it, it just got a little overcomplicated for the way we like that game. But it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, that's a game that uh, I've also had on my list to play, but mm-hmm. that that sucks to hear that they overcomplicated. It. And it's it's interesting that all three of the games that. Uh, Randy had, you know, Randy has on here are either on PS Plus or Game Pass right now. So definitely, you guys uh, can go check don't, those out. Don't call me out as a cheap bastard. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that everybody <laughs> can true. go check them out it, right it's now. True. It's true. It's 100 true. I'm a cheap. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's what those are there for to save people money. Games are freaking expensive. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at I think number 18. Uh, in Stars of Time, which I've talked about a lot, so I'm not going to talk about on here that much. Um, it's, it's also very recent for me. But look, listen, uh, if you like Undertale and you like time loop games, give this a shot. Um, 
it's it's got the Undertale aesthetic with the black and white and the RPG and the weird looking characters and whatever. But what makes this game awesome is the five party members, how they all talk to you, the main character, and like their banter with each other makes you want to keep exploring places and what they're going to say next and how they all kind of interact with each other. And um, that made me kind of keep wanting to play the game because I'm not a big time loop person. I'm not a big, like, oh, I want to go play the game that repeats. I Like, I don't do roguelikes that much other than, like, you know, Hades, things like that. So because I don't, I don't like dying to have to constantly keep playing the same game over and over or whatever, you know? So... I want to get through the game, keep progressing and, uh, you know, experience what it has and and not have to like feel like I'm hitting a wall. So but but this game just gives you that extra oomph to like want to do that. And then it gives you incentives. So like, hey, if you unlock enough of this, you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning. You just unlock it with everything unlocked. You start from there. So, um, yeah, I've it's it's just been really like one of those things. I didn't know what to expect going in. It kind of got a lot of pubs, so I asked for a code, and it's it's totally surprising. It was one of my favorite games this year, so uh, definitely go uh, check it out um, if you if you have time. Uh, Mark uh, number seventeen for spoken. Yep. Probably a lot of people are like, "What the heck is this game doing on here? Wasn't it supposed to be terrible? What what why uh, why is it on here above you know some of these other games that you know." People will probably say are more highly regarded. Uh, because I realized after I played Final Fantasy 16 that Forspoken was a better game. <gasps> uh, and that depressed me on a great many levels. <laughs> and then I realized, eh, whatever. Uh, okay, fair enough. Forspoken is, I think, what, like, the main character in Forspoken is terrible, and the story is extremely half baked, to put it mildly. But yeah. you do have a huge open world to actually explore, uh, and you have shit to do. There's like an actual gear system in the game, mm. an actual level up system in the game. Uh, like there's parkour mechanics and good combat in the game. Uh, that helps. Yeah, I, I do think that this game kind of got a bad hand. Like I do think that there is a little bit of we focus too much on okay the banter between the what is that thing. The Call, like arm brace or I forget what yeah the, the arm yeah. brace and and the main character are annoying and uh you know there's a lot of isn't the world kind of like not, yeah there's not a whole lot there and there is, I mean there's only like one yeah. town I guess uh because everything else is corrupted but yeah like the world the the world building like you can take it or leave uh, yeah but like actually playing the game is a lot more fun. Like especially like once you start upgrading the mechanics and like unlocking stuff, uh, and the fact there's only four systems of magic is really nice because you can actually quickly alternate between them all with the press of a D-pad. So then going into some menu yeah. and going, I want to select the ice power now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this is a game that I I wanted to try out, it but it never went out. Like it's one of those things I've talked about a bunch of times where I hate the fact that they the one they discount is the super deluxe edition. So it's not really that much of a sale. Yeah. And then the standard edition could actually be like 30 bucks. And then I would actually go and buy the game, but you know, it's just, um, 
Well, hey, it's it's, yeah. it's twenty three bucks on on Amazon, so you can go buy that one. <laughs> uh, I guess, but I don't know. Did this ever interest you, Randy? Or yeah, it, it has. It's I'm the same boat as you. Where time and money have not aligned quite yet. Where I haven't given it a try. I, I I do agree. I just from what I've seen, I think it gets a bad rap just from the stuff I've watched. It looks like it's a very interesting game, but like I said, I haven't touched it. But Hopefully, if, if if things kind of align, I'll finally give it a shot. I said the same thing last year about Returnal. I actually have it now. I haven't had time to play it, but hopefully Forspoken will finally get some playtime on my side. Yeah, uh, always good when, I mean, that can happen for sure. Um, yeah. uh, number 16 for me is Venba, and uh, it was my number six game. And, man, th- this it's super short. Number one, it's like an hour and a half. Uh, it's on Game Pass, and it absolutely stuck with me because as uh, people that, as somebody that has a family, my mom's side is immigrated here from Venezuela. I've I've been through some of that story, and of rejecting that side of me growing up because I wanted to assimilate more. And then having lived here in Miami, I feel like I missed so much because I rejected that side, right? To the point where because I'm here around more Latino people, a lot of people don't think that I am Latino. And it it just hit me. Like, it hit me in a way that it's like, I feel like this kid right now, you know? And then, like, also the whole the cooking part of it where you're learning the different um, Indian foods, and and like how to cook them and stuff like that i went through that as well like not really knowing how to cook my own family's food until i came here and my mom you know showed me like hey you're supposed to know how to do this but i'm going to show you anyway and and learning like why that's important and and the magic and where it comes from and so like for me it was a very special game because it uh touched me on a personal level and i i know there's a lot of other people maybe that felt it like that as well. And I'm just glad that they were able to make that game. And uh, I think Microsoft helped them with funding and, uh, you know, putting on game pass and stuff like that as well. So that's really cool when uh, that's what the, uh, that whole uh, Xbox uh, thing they do with the Indies is great because you get games like this. I think that's awesome. Uh, (laughs) So uh, moving on from that, we got a game that was probably, it's, it is a lot of people's game of the year, aside from Baldur's Gate 3, which we already talked about why it's not here. Um, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Mark. The one guy who played it. <laughs> well, yeah, you're the only one that played it, but like, also, you know, I think you could say why it's it's perhaps not your... Um, uh, I don't game like game. the lack of, lack, lack of story. <laughs> yeah. The lack, of, the lack of lack of story is annoying. Uh, yeah. I thought like it held my interest more than Breath of the Wild did, but still not enough for me to finish it. And arguably, I probably wouldn't have gotten near as far in the game if, if it didn't have the actual cartridge and like duping items like crazy and <laughs> breaking the economy. Yeah, uh, it's still fun, but I, oh, the biggest problem in that game actually is like the building system sucks. And considering that's a core pro- core tenant of the game, it's like that's okay. That's a that's a choice. <laughs> like, well, but it's. Uh, it's kind of like freeform, right? Like you're. Yeah, but if you're, tra- it, I mean, even like trying to like put a car together is just 
can be an exercise of frustration. It's like, no, I need this wheel to like attach to this one point and I won't do it. And what the hell am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was good. You know, looked really nice. Uh, I did like the three kind of gameplay worlds, like sky, ground, and underground. Uh, and the, like the dungeons itself are good, but there's only four. <laughs> yeah. At least they made it easier to find the shrines and other things in this game. Yeah. There's that. Um, Randy, was this a game? I, you know, I know your, uh, I know your son's a big. He was a big Breath of the Wild uh, fan. So. Yeah, we, we own Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, he played it for a bit. It bounced off of him. Um, I, I know a lot of people absolutely love this game. I was with Mark. I did not like Breath of the Wild. It was not my cup of tea as far as Zelda goes. I'm more of a 2D Zelda fan mm -hmm. myself. And I just just could not get into it. And nothing against Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. It's just not a game for me. Uh, but I was more surprised that like, my son, who really liked Breath of the Wild, got into Tears of the Kingdom for a bit, and then the next time I asked him how it was going, he was playing Breath of the Wild again. So not 100% sure why it bounced off of him. Um, but yeah, he just he couldn't get into this one as much. There are, I think one problem is in Tears of the Kingdom, there are different powers, and they're a little more, I don't want to say advanced, but a little more heady than the powers in the first game. Like, you have this power to, like, go through walls in Tears of the Kingdom, and it's like, you don't really re realize what they can do unless you're like really thinking about it. And if you don't, it's just like, okay, I use it once in a while, but who cares? <laughs> like, and yeah. you know, a, a lot of puzzles do involve that power, but if you don't think about it, then you just kind of bang your head against the wall for a while, figuratively speaking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my my problem with the first game was it was like way too open, and I felt like I'm like, I don't know where I'm going here, and all of that, and then you get into this, and it's like, I'm not the most creative person either. It's also the so same then, thing as well. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's also the same thing, so yeah. Um, it, it, I knew it wasn't going to be for me, and I wasn't going to go spend the $70 to find out if it was going to be for me or not. Yeah. Um, whereas Breath of the Wild came out with the system, so there wasn't really much of an option uh, to choose from at that point to say, oh, I'm gonna go get this other game instead. Like th there really wasn't much, uh, much, much to go on then, at that point. Um, okay, this is a one, two, three switch. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so um, the next game on the list here, uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, this was a super like awesome game for me. It hits all of my buttons as far as like loving rhythm games and action games. Then it helps it's animated, and then it was a shadow drop in, in the late of June at the Xbox Direct thing, and it, it floored everybody, it floored me. It's absolutely this amazing thing in sound design of just how they make that whole world bounce to that beat, and then the fact that when I figured out I wasn't just getting it, I can turn it off and then just focus on the actual combat part of it, and it's still super fun. And I loved all the characters too. Like they're all uh, great and and fun to be around as as well. The boss battles are super fun. Um, like each one's different too. Each level feels different. Uh, the platforming is actually really good too. So yeah, I just like I wanted to keep going in that game. Uh, just constantly, just wanting to go to the next thing. 
And even when you do get stuck, they have ways of helping you get through that. And it's just, it's definitely a game that, um, man, I, I know, I think they announced that there's going to be a sequel, but I can't wait. Uh, or at least I think they, they kind of said there's going to be one. So I can't wait for that to come out. Cause this was, this was awesome. Um, I don't know, Randy, did you ever, did you get a chance to I'm play this? Through it's on, it's the tutorial ish area of, this game this was one i wanted to try to get to before we got into the, the voting process just was able to get to uh this is a january game for me I, I have some time finally come january where the kids will go back to school and i can finally have some peace and quiet for a little bit uh this is downloaded ready to go like i said i've gotten just through a little bit i wanted to get to it before we got to the voting i i had fun with it so far but yeah i i totally get why you put it on your list uh, it seemed like a better playing version of uh Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> Sunset Overdrive is pretty great too, but yeah, this is better than that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um. So uh, the next one on here, number thirteen, Everspace Two, which is it was an early access for a while, and then yeah. finally came out this year. Uh, I went, finally so made that what, big push. <laughs> uh, what made it? Uh, a I just like how it played. I, it's a, it's a little. Yeah. Uh, budget like the it doesn't have like feel like cinematics it just kind of has like storybook storyboard or like you know just uh still shot cinematics but the actual gameplay is good looks really nice like the actual ship stuff uh it's what you want a ship combat game to be in space i liked it still not as good as uh freelancer but what is nowadays yeah it's hard to compare it's hard to say that a 20 year old space game is still the best in the genre but it is <laughs> fair enough fair enough um i liked it and if you like that type of genre at all you should play it uh especially today it's actually one of the few that's on consoles yeah um yeah because it was on pc for a long First. while and then yeah then it made its way to ps5 and xbox yeah so uh the next game was um uh one of my favorite games this year which it's actually like an expansion of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 3 Future Redeemed. Um, it's fantastic because it is an actual love letter to the entire series. So we're talking about 300 hours worth of game. And it gets a one of the best endings you're ever going to get for an entire series. Um, it did not do the Kingdom Hearts 3 bullcrap where... Uh, oh, hey, we're still going to try to continue it from here. This was supposed to be the end of the saga, but no, actually, it's not. No, this one actually said, we're going to end it here, and we're going to give you the ending, and it was beautiful, and just, man, I, I'd like to feel like you were benefited from having played all of those games, the hundred hours that each one of them takes. And you get this like 25 hour story and it wraps it up so well it is a testament to everybody that was involved in that. Uh, Monolith Softs are, are the kings of storytelling for Nintendo. And I mean, they're the ones that also help with, uh, you know, the Zelda Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom as well. But it's just like th this was there. He, he was able to achieve the magnum opus that he wanted uh, with this series and. I don't know where they're gonna go from here after that, but I'm I, I'm so happy that we got the ending that it deserved. Um, that's that's what makes these things worth it uh, for sure. Uh, so if you played all the games and you haven't checked this out yet, 
uh, definitely go do because it's uh, well worth that that time. Uh, Mark, uh, Remnant 2 is... Yep, uh, one of Yenzo's favorite games of the year by far. Yeah. Uh, it's a better playing version of Remnant. Like the melee is functional now. The bosses aren't quite as cheap or quite as annoying. Uh, still limited... Uh, the two recycled worlds are still a little limited in ter- terms of like biome or like level levels, but the two new ones are pretty expansive and interesting. Uh, and overall, it's a really good shooter, a good like Souls-like shooter uh, that I'm happy if happy with, I should say. So this game is on on Game Pass now. So like for yeah. me and Randy, that maybe are not Souls-like people. Yeah, but we, play, we play, but play together. Yeah, yeah, especially like. You know, if you like Gears of War or something, like it's a really good shooter. Uh, okay, I'm a and I think playing, playing it with like a, another person would actually really help. Okay, because well. playing it alone will suck, but playing it with someone, at least one other person, will help. And it's real easy to get other people involved as well. So that's good. It's worth yep. uh, means it's worth checking out on, yeah. on that for sure. Um, Alan Wake Two. I know, Randy. You're going through the the Alan Wake uh, mm-hmm. remastered. Yeah, I'm through um, the third chapter of the first one, so I didn't quite get to where I wanted to get, so I could play the second one. But I'm liking what I I played in the first one, and I keep hearing the second ones. Okay, so I, you know, I'm gonna keep this spoiler free, but my God, p- play this game <laughs> already. <laughs> uh, Alan Wake Two is is freaking amazing. Uh, I was my number two game of the year. It's um i'm somebody that loves like all the weird you know like true detective and twin peaks and all that stuff and it's like right up my alley and um you know they do the survival horror stuff better in this game obviously especially with the saga part uh the island wake part doesn't always land but man when it actually hits it's so good and the story stuff is so well done all of the how they connect control and Alan Wake and uh, even some Max Payne stuff in there. It's like, this is nuts, man. This is nuts how he was able to do this. And uh, such a Sam Lake definitely like deserves all the awards he's gotten or whatever for this game because, man, he, he really just absolutely uh, nailed it with this. And, um, yeah, it's it's Thaga's parts is really cool because you have the mind palace stuff or what they call mind place, but whatever, it's kind of the same. And then you get the Alan Wake stuff where he's like rewriting his story and going through all that. And like, when you go to some of these locations, it's like, wow, you can kind of tell where this is taken from and it's done so well. And then, you know, they already did it at the game Awards, So when you get to that moment, it's even more amazing seeing it in the game. So I don't want to spoil it for people, but yeah, this game is just, absolutely fantastic and if, if you like stories if you like weird stuff um it look there's there's more story than gameplay in here uh, it's not a total survival game horror game it's you know there's gonna be a lot of times where you're going through and there's not people you're running into but even those parts of the game are, are done well and it's um yeah man this is this is awesome definitely go check it out uh yep. needs to get on steam <laughs> yeah yeah, and of course, I'm uh, not sure when it's going to show up on Steam. Never. <laughs> yeah, probably, unfortunately. <laughs> um, well, you could get it on PS5, Mark. Yeah, but that's expensive. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sure it'll go on. Well, isn't it? Well, it'll probably go on another sale besides the like what forty seven dollars or whatever it's at right now. Yeah, the so, epic one. Epic, it's on sale for like twenty six bucks. Oh, <laughs> I'd get it well, for twenty six yeah. bucks and on Steam, no problem. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I can understand that. It's fine. Um, you know, I kind of get the whole thing with the the stores a little bit more now than than in the past. But yeah, um, moving on to a game that uh, you know a lot of controversy this year with this game, Hogwarts Legacy. It's our number nine, uh, Mark. It was. Uh, your uh, number two game of the yeah. year. Why? Why is it your number two? Uh, because it's functional enough. Uh, okay. The story is decent, I guess, but I don't know. I, I, it's another one of those games that can just kind of like turn it on and have a podcast on, or just start watching other shows, and you know, yeah, it's pretty brainless. I I think parts of it are really funny, like all the amount of gear you can get, which is absolutely insane for no good reason. Yeah, uh, and it suffers the problem of being way too big of a game. I would be extremely happy with a thirty-hour game. It does not need to be a hundred-hour game. <laughs> so it's too open-world for you. Yeah, it's okay. it's the same thing. Problem as that Mad Max game from like a decade ago. It's like this did not need to be like this, guys. Come on. <laughs> okay, uh, but it's I like it. I I actually wish there was more story or more school part of it. Like that's. Another criticism. I wish it was like, like I do wish it was like more like Magical Bully, you mm. know, where you actually had more of like a like a school structure. Like once you do like each of the classes, it's like, all right, it's like, it's like yeah, go do what you want now. Like you can do whatever anything you want. It's like yeah, aren't I supposed to be a kid like in Hogwarts or you know like a junior or something? Like you don't really have that in this game at all. <laughs> well, but isn't it like free for you to explore or whatever? Isn't- yeah, but that's yeah. what I mean. Like, there's, like, you can you can be out at any time. Like, it's just it's just yeah. like complete. Like, they don't have any any semblance of structure in this anymore in the game. Right. So, uh, I like it. it. It's not the greatest game, but I didn't play those. So yeah, <laughs> I got to fall back on. Yeah, like I said, I think if you are tuning in late, um, you know, Mark had to spend a lot of the year recovering from surgery, so it wasn't like he got to play all the games he wanted, and then he's He's picking, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I will give you the uh, the pass on on this here because I'm sure you probably would have other games that you you would have wished you played that you would have. Yeah, uh, I don't like two, for example. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, this is uh, now we're getting into the the big tier territory because Mark, uh, like I said, Randy had a lot of games that either I had or Mark already had. So um, this is my number one game of the year. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2. Um, it's the game I spent the most time on 127 hours. Uh, it is absolutely when you talk about iterating and improving upon the first game, this game does that in spades. Uh, everything about this game is better than the first game. The stories of all the characters are better. How they they actually make the characters interact more in this game than the first game. They're all kind of separated by design. I get it, but it's way too separated. The stories are super basic, all that, but the music is amazing. And the day and night cycle makes sense. All of that. Every part of this game is fantastic. Uh, I don't know where Team Asano is going to go from here, if there's going to be an Octopath Traveler 3 or not, but man, they hit the high bar 
And I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to surpass that with three. Or they did say they're going to have a lot of announcements, especially if there's a Switch 2 or something. But, man, this was... I, I still don't know how it did not get voted for Best RPG uh, in that category for Game Awards. Uh, it got snubbed really bad for Best Music. It deserves both of those. Um, it's an awesome game. If you love the HD2D, this is like the best version of the HD2D games that's out there. Uh go go play this i know it's long it is super long if you're not one that uh can do this uh, i will say this if, if you want to really be able to showcase the graphics get it on ps5 if you don't care about the graphics uh it's it's really great on switch because you can play it portably and that's how rpgs are best experienced because you can play them on the go and then whatever but man the it, the game's worth it uh even with how long it is so now moving into games. I'm sorry, Randy, you've had to go through a long no, period good. where you didn't talk. Uh, number seven, I put Cocoon like way down at the bottom of my list at like the number 15 for me. But this is really here because this was your number uh, three game. Uh, why Cocoon so high? What what makes it great for you? Because it's not a long game. It's not like the Pack Traveler. I was able to finish this one. No, Cocoon is <laughs> phenomenal. Um, anybody that knows me knows I love puzzle games. They're my go-to just when I have a little bit of time. Humanity also making my, my top 10. Um, but what I liked more about Cocoon was it really was thought-provoking. Just the different mechanics that they introduce and then interact with each other throughout. There were so many. I don't know how many times that I was playing this game, I was like, well, well, son of a bitch. Like, what? How did they come up with this? And like trying to figure out solutions. And it was never way over the top. It was never like the, the you know, the old school PC puzzle games where it was like, so you, I mean, if you don't have a guide, you have zero chance of, of solving it. It was just clever enough where you kind of understood what they were going for. But then they introduce new mechanics and then and, and twist them around just enough where every time you're like, well, well what, what does this want? And you mess around with it for a little bit. Like I said, it's super short. I think it took me four hours to complete this game. A couple of, of, of sessions with it. I know some people have, have sat down and just done it all in one day. It's absolutely phenomenal. There's no story to it at all. I, I do kind of wish it would have amounted to anything even with more like a, a limbo style of story where you can kind of get the gist of what things are going on. There really wasn't even much of that, but just overall the puzzles were so much better than what humanity had to offer. And, and in me, and I just, I, I had to move it really high up on my list. Cause I, I loved every second of that game. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I did enjoy the bit of that. I played a cocoon. Um, and I liked it because of that, because I didn't feel like I was having to rock my head to figure out the puzzles. It felt, kind of seamless at times like you're going through here and okay this kind of makes sense of going to the next thing there's the little cocoon that i gotta hold the little ball the orb i gotta hold and mm -hmm. oh then i'm gonna go to the next war like the whole warping between the worlds thing was really awesome as well and like yeah like you said there's not a story but the way that they do the puzzles is really really interesting yeah um, each orb is its own little world and then each orb interacts differently with different powers which then unlocks different things in the different worlds and then having to jump in and out of these orbs and combining them by the end of it, the way they do some of their puzzle solutions. It's just, it's so damn clever how 
different orbs are interacting and it, it's i love it it was really good yeah it's also on game pass so you can go uh check that out um again well worth the time it's a short game uh go do that uh another game that uh our number six game uh sea of stars randy you and i i didn't get to play a ton of it i wanted to, this is a game yeah. that i really really wanted to play more of and i just kept having things get in the way or but man what i did play is absolutely what i wanted from the game the chrono trigger super mario rpg final fantasy 6 all that mashup together um in a modern way and just so so great what did you like about it i'm 100 percent in the same boat as you where i i'm maybe a third of the way through this game if i had to guess who know i haven't looked up how long this game is but i'm just starting to get to i mean i've opened up the world a bit more and things are starting to actually interact so just getting to the fun part of it it's another game i hope to really dive into in january but i could not not put it on the list i'm with you absolutely loved everything about it this was a love letter to those old school rpgs and and like you said and we'll talk about another rpg that is kind of um going away from its roots which has been, made it very decisive and it's very decisive just with the three of us here like this is a love letter to what rpgs used to be like in the 90s and and it nails every aspect of it the characters are fun the dialogue's great the music's fantastic I, I i miss those these classic rpgs that make you interact while you do the combat and it allows you to hit a little bit harder or take less damage just so you're not just sitting there and just waiting for everything to work out some clever combinations between the two and and yeah i'm just really excited to play more of it but i, I could not not have it on my list yeah, I will say the story takes a little bit, uh, takes a while to get going. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the knocks against it. Um, but man, I love the interaction between the three main characters and the way that, like, there's other characters you get at it, but the, the three main ones are like what make the game special. And then just, you know, the, the way the combat works, it's not just the Super Mario RPG stuff. It's, also layering things on top of that mm -hmm. afterwards as well that uh like being able to cancel attacks from the other uh enemies and things like that it's just man um the art style the exploring in the world feels so free like the, the there's zelda puzzles in here like man they really thought of everything <laughs> there's mm -hmm. even fishing as you're seeing in the trailer and the fishing is actually fun in here um fishing is a theme of 2023 also but um yeah it's uh it's it's one of these things where it's just like man they really took everything that you could want in one of these old school rpgs made it modern it's somehow connected to the messenger uh still haven't figured that out but uh, i watched the documentary thing that the escapist did um on this and it's actually really good at showing like why they wanted to make this and what the thought went on in doing that and it's just Man, they realized that so well, and uh, I'm glad to see them. It's one of the only games we've ever seen, Xbox and PS Plus, have it on both of their services on day one um, with how much hype this game had going into it. And I'm glad that when people got to experience it this year, that that's, that's awesome, uh, for sure. So uh, moving on to we're now in our top five, uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. 
Randy. Um, uh, both of us enjoyed this game. We both uh, talked mm-hmm. about it. Um, what what made this uh, special one for you? Here? It's just Mario. And they yeah. just continue to nail the same simple stuff. It never gets old. I, I think that the 3D games for a little bit where they kept going through the same formula kind of were starting to drag a little bit. So they've done such a great job with Odyssey in the 3D realm and now here with Wonder in the 2D realm that it's been just so much fun to play. They add in all these different secrets. Everyone knows about the, the, the Wonder Seeds and the way they interact with every single level. And and for the most part, uh, most of them are unique and, and make them different. There, I've come into a couple of duplicates throughout, but it's just so much fun and it's so cute and yeah. so great. And I've had so, fun with, with the family playing it. This is another game where the four of us sit down and play, though I do wish that it would just lock me into the first player and not have our yeah, that's something out. I cannot believe they have not fixed still. Like, My six-year-old will run out in front, and all of a sudden she's the leader, and then we're trying to keep up with her, and then she dies, and it gets all messy. So that yeah, that could get a little frustrating. I think the four-player mode could work a bit better than it has. But even just sitting there watching one of us play has has been a joy. It's it's just been a great family game, and I'm right on the final world. I'm getting ready to to try to complete this one. It's so good. I love this game. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think that they took all of the like things that you love from Mario World and then tried to bring it to the Switch and bring something new with the Wonder Seed and and it fe- it feels different. It feels fresh. Mm-hmm. It's like all bright and uh, you got Piranha Plants singing and all this kind of other stuff in here that like makes it feel like we're not just trying to do the the same thing like you said with the 3d games where it felt like okay here's another one of those like Mm -hmm. this definitely doesn't feel i know there's people that are going to say that oh it's 2d mario again like no this feels like a different 2d mario than what we've been getting uh with the past 2d marios for a while so um i definitely do think that um it's it's deserving of of being on people's uh listen like it's it's been a, a a joy. I brought my uh, daughter into playing it, and she's been loving it too. And man, uh, great one from Nintendo here. Uh, to if this is the last Mario game on the Switch, it's very well done. Uh, going into our number uh, four game, the game that's uh, like you said, the most divisive one on the list here. Uh, it was actually uh, the Outer Havens. Because they did the same the same way we did where we did the point system, the Outer Havens game of the year was Final Fantasy 16, um, and this is our number four game. Uh, Randy and I were on the spoiler cast where we enjoyed uh, the game. Mark played through the game and hated apparently every part of it. Um, I, I played through the DLC and also enjoyed the the three hour DLC as well. Um, I guess Mark, since you're the uh, outlier here. Yep, I'm the correct What, what made it a problem for you? Uh, the story you know. is a really bad Game of Thrones knockoff. The combat is shallow and stupid. Uh, I didn't find the music that impressive. If anything, Final Fantasy XV's music was better. Uh, oh, the on. gear system is bad. There, it, it has no gear system. Uh, That's fair. The side okay. quests are terrible. Like it's all all the same crap. Uh, what uh, more do you want? What more do you want me to say? <laughs> uh, I mean, I will push back on you with the side quests. I think that there are side quests that are definitely like based on the MMO where this is from. We got to remember that Yoshi P mm-hmm. is 
the guy that is Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, and yes, speak to that game then. <laughs> no, but I I think that they build upon each other, right? Like you're going through these things, and these people remember you, and it eventually gets to the ones that have the story and make the most sense and all that stuff. Yes, you have to play through all of the bad side quests or whatever to get to that, but they do have a payoff, and I feel like. Okay, that yeah, kind of like, makes some of them worth it. Yeah, maybe like one or two do, I guess. Like the one guy in the desert, like you, you do with his spiel, or like the uh, the madam, but oh, it's like two or three. It's not like it's no, not like okay. Some, so each of the two. main characters get a piece of extra side story that kind of ends their their chapter with Clive. Also, you, I found, I found yeah. it really funny that the game basically starts. Not starts, but the main game basically starts with Clive as like the soldier. Like, and within an hour, you meet four of the five, like five of the six people who have the summons. The only guy you right. don't really meet is like the king, right? Uh, like, oh, way later, yeah. Uh, that that Hugo guy that should have been mm-hmm. the bad guy. The fact that they kept like switching bad guys to make it not important at all, like, yeah. Uh, and even like the whole like magic system. So you have like the like nine schools of magic, but it's so cumbersome to use. That's why I just stuck with the three. It's not like you you know you're not gonna be swapping them out like mid battle. I mean, or or oh, so you can. But I say, oh, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna go in this mini system, respect to the water one, refund all my points from the earth one to unlock the abilities in the water one, and then get back to it. Well, but and, you can't do it mid battle. You have to like finish the battle you're on, and then, okay, then that negates but, that yeah. point. So yeah, like yeah, just stick with the three, and that's it. Right, but I, you only okay. have like one I, attack button. But I think that's totally fine. You you find the systems that work for you, and, and then you you get in a comfort zone. I don't think there's any game that wants you to use every single no. possible option. Okay, yeah. but then why give me? Okay, I I did that. I stuck with the three initial ones, mm-hmm. like the fire one, right. lightning, and uh, the wind one. And it's like, oh, here's seven more. It's like, why would I want to change? Well, because the, uh, the, a lot of them are fun, right, uh, to use. But, and uh... but no, but I'm I'm agreeing with Andy's point. I got to like I was already effective with the first three, like. Yeah, and and honestly, I think it's okay to, to have the three, but having options on top of it, I don't think that's a, a knock just because you don't have to use them. I, I will agree a bit with Mark. I do think that there were too many side quests and too many that really were filler. So there were some fantastic ones, like Sean says, but to try to get through some of the other ones did kind of feel daunting a bit. I will disagree a bit. I actually liked all of the big bads and sure they introduced most of them at the beginning, but I, I think that's different than what a lot of final fantasies do where yeah. you think you you're going up against the main bad. And then in the last 20 minutes, it's a whole different thing. And they, yeah. They, how many, how many final fantasy games have you played where, <laughs> where like, Oh, there's, Oh, there's one more thing. One more thing. You got to fight too. Like, no, it's, I mean, that's basically that what this is, was. That literally is final fantasy 16 though. It's no, like, okay, but, but, but that, okay, but there's you, also you that in. You used to think it's Hugo, then you think it's that no. one King's buddy guy. No, then the King, I never. No, then. by the time by the time we get to Odin, we already know it's it's Ultima. By the yeah. time we get to Odin, we know it's Ultima. By the 
But like, yeah, but you still have to like face face the king. It's not like well, but that's the point. Ultima makes them so that you have to go through them to get to him. Like, and the whole reason you meet uh, uh, Kupta at the beginning is because there's they're all from the different kingdoms, right? Like the Game of Thrones setup, they're the ones that are all from these different kingdoms. So they're telling you the whole setup of the Game of Thrones thing that yes. They dropped that in the middle to do a Final Fantasy story, which I agree. Maybe some of that could have been handled better. I do think mm-hmm. that part of that gets dropped, just like the. Well, you, you don't. The, you don't want to have the uh, evil queen lady say you have to bend the knee like she did in the game. <laughs> she also should have uh, suffered a worse fate. Also, yes. But um, also, they they could have they uh, the slavery thing that they bring up gets dropped, and a lot of that gets handled in the side quests. Which they didn't do a great job of pushing that no, either. Believe me, uh, I. Know, so, it's so. not like I asked that game. The only thing I didn't do in that game was like the, uh, which I think I, we talked about, like the specific schools oh. of magic fight. Oh, the arcade like, stuff. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't I didn't do that. that. I did every damn side quest in that game. Well, look, I I will disagree with you. I love the music in this game. Uh, that, that, that's how I know the combat and the gear system yeah. is shallow because it's like, okay, I got a new sword. It increases your damage by. Oh, the gear system is terrible. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the gear system is absolutely. It was tacked on because they felt like they had to have it. Like it's. And I think we can all agree, Final Fantasy 16 is not an RPG. It's not. It's, they, it's they, they throw RPG. numbers out. They throw right. numbers out. That's it. It, it. it isn't an RPG, but it, if it's an action game, it's still a bad action game. It, it is a very um, just basic. And like every action game, you know, like Spider Man or God of War or Devil May Cry, there's always like a light attack and heavy attack. This game has attack and very ineffectual, ineffectual music, uh, magic that doesn't do yeah. shit. Yeah, the so magic wail, yeah. wail in the attack buttons and then occasionally do the special attacks when they are like usable and that's it. I, I'm really wondering that. If they're gonna do a, a Xenoblade 2 Torna situation with the Leviathan DLC, where they're gonna put in a bunch of stuff that they wanted to put into this game that that they didn't because they did mention that at one point they were going to try to do the elemental um you know changes or whatever like that, but it made it difficult with all the different icon powers and how are you gonna switch them out and to be able to you know re- reduce them? Yeah, you don't need so, to have ten- you don't need to have 10. You don't need to have like two of the same firepowers. Right. Well, that one made sense for the story, right? Because you have the Phoenix and the, uh, you know, I, I, I did enjoy the story. I love the big bads. I love the different fights that you have. They felt epic. Every single one of them, like as far as spectacle goes, as far as like what you're used to with a PlayStation game where you're getting the narrative uh, action thing. Yeah. Like they, they pulled that off here. And, Even those yeah. summon fights though felt, incredibly like tacked on because it's like yeah the summon felt clunky like as you're fighting with a free it felt like not no great. that's the first one feels very clunky after that i didn't feel that that much but also like you you have like no way of failing though unless you're just yeah. a complete idiot like <laughs> yeah you know uh, was, i agree with that yeah they, w- they kind of those... for a while until like the next qte happens and it's like, okay, now I'm falling to the earth, literally thousands <laughs> of miles to the earth. Yeah. You know, 
Hey, it's, it's called Final Fantasy, not Final Reality, sir. Yeah, we, yeah, we can, yeah. We can yeah, stretch the truth a little bit. Disbelief here. <laughs> it shouldn't know. have a Fast and the Furious type of move of game logic. <laughs> that, right? That's that's Hunt, what they were that's going a good, for, though. They that's were, a good connection. I they were pretty much going that. for that. I feel like. And, uh, like to it, be fair, I mean, hold I, on, to, to be fair, I know Mark really is down on this game, and it's it feels like it's two on one. But I will say there are issues with this game, which shows because Sean and I both right don't have it in yeah. our top three. You had it fourth, I think I had it fifth. So we yeah. don't think it's the end all be all. It is definitely not one of my top final fantasy games i would disagree i do like it more than i did well, 15 but i think 15 gets a lot more hate than it should but it uh, is a it's a middle of the road final fantasy that tried something different and and i give it respect for it. I'll, I'll say three things first the the icon fight they were made by platinum games or not not all of them just one okay of them. uh it yeah it feels like a bad bayonetta or like you know the, the spectacle of bayonetta fights it's like that works in Bayonetta because it's a very heightened reality or like it's, you know, supposed to be stupid and crazy, but most of Final Fantasy 16 plays it straight. So when they do stupid and crazy, it's like, no, now it's just really stupid. Uh, I can respect it for trying to do something different, but if it doesn't do it well or better than the alternatives or like the other games in the genre. And the third thing I'll say is there's a better better Final Fantasy game on this higher on this list. <laughs> well, <laughs> the one thing I wanted to point out before we stop talking about this is uh, I know you don't agree, Mark, but uh, Ben Starr uh, does a fantastic job as Clive. Mm -hmm. um, he carries the he carries it. So does uh, the voice actor for Sid. Um, the Sid interaction cool. between both she of them is great. Th yeah. that, that was another problem is I like Sid a lot more than Clyde. <laughs> I, I would be happy to play like DLC where he plays Sid. <laughs> I mean, I you know, that's something that uh, a lot of people have asked is wanting to play as Joshua or Jill or look, but, I, I'll be yeah. honest, they don't do their their secondary characters that well, but that's because they've said that this game is about Clive. It's not about the other characters. So you know, like the game has such abrupt jumps in time where it's like, oh, 13 years later, now Clive is, you know, 30 years old. But they, they, it still never explained, like, why Joshua didn't want to hang, like, say to Clive, yo, I'm still here until like two thirds of the way through the game. It's that they're always like Scooby doing it with like just missing each other, or Joshua's just like spying on him like a perv. It's like, just walk up to him and say, hey, I'm alive. Like, why didn't it do that? <laughs> He didn't know how he was going to react to him, I think, is part of it. You know, like... Um, they had a good it's not like they were, like, enemy. I mean, they had a good relationship. Like, Well, I remember part of it is Clive has to uh, hit L3 and R3 to accept the truth because he's, like, feeling like he's the one that killed... Uh, he's the one that killed his brother well, for a lot of this time, too, you know? So, then use a broken controller. You don't have to hit that, and you'll be all set. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... We uh we had our big uh fight for the for the podcast here. Um, the one game that we all agreed on that was on all of our lists, and you did mention it being a it's the game about the music of Final Fantasy, which also wound up including Final Fantasy at the end. Uh, Theat Rhythm Final Bar Line, which is the Switch version of the other Theat Rhythm game. Well, Switch and PS4. Uh, well, yeah, Switch and PS4. Um, the other ones are on the DS and 3DS. 
Uh, look, I, I look, um, I, we all love Final Fantasy to a varying degree here. I think all of us are at least all familiar with them. Um, if you love Final Fantasies at all, you certainly will probably love the music. And they don't shy away from that here. They no. do a great job with all of that. I mean, what do you think makes this uh, game special, Randy? Like, why did you have it on your list? It's just the music. The music is so good. The different ways that they have you basically go through the same style. Nothing really changes. There's a couple different versions where it's just a button, a bunch of button, button presses, excuse me, or you can move the thing up and down. That's great. I do like that all the different characters can do different moves and trying to come away with the best combination, at least add some variety to the game. Uh, I do like that the campaign unlocks extra songs as well, just to give you more to try to play. But it's just it's because the music is so good. And it's it, it was that great game to just play for a bit here and there. And I continue to play it now and i like that they have added songs from other square franchises as well just to get different feels of it and it's just so great to go from the crazy orchestra of like final fantasy 7 remake or final fantasy 16 and then switch over to like final fantasy 2 and just have that chip tune music blare into your ear and it all works and it's all great and it's just it's it was just a fun time i know they had it for the 3ds before and this is just kind of a copy and paste of that but it it works so good on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, everything Randy said is uh, spot on there. I mean, you can't go wrong with Final Fantasy, VII, Final Fantasy music. And then the fact that you get all of it, basically, um, not every single song, but like right. the greatest hits of all of the numbered games and even a lot of the spinoffs and everything. It really feels like an encyclopedia of Final Fantasy music in one game. And then they add on with DLC the other Square properties, the Mana games, the Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, uh, you know, all the Saga games, all of that. Like it's it's amazing that they've added all that in there. Uh, near the Near Automata, all that. So mm -hmm. um, I wish they could keep expanding it. I don't know uh, if it just didn't sell well enough, or they just didn't plan for for it to go that long with the DLC. Would have been cool if they could put some Kingdom Hearts in there too, but I get it, you know. Um, it definitely does have its own uh music game, but yeah, it's whether you get it on PS4 or 5 or Switch, it's uh, fantastic to get. And uh, yeah, go go after it. Uh Mark, any thoughts on, on I actually one? think it's a it's a really approachable game. Yeah, like I played that thing in the arcade, like on like untranslated Japanese. And I was able to figure it mostly out. So, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that it trans it translates obviously into English, and you know, it's like, oh, this is what all this crap actually means. That's helpful. But even from the get go, I kind of figured it out, and I think it's just a really fun game. And like, yeah, it's overly you can get overly complicated, but like the normal difficulty is good enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and for the most part, it feels like you're playing the actual songs. Like they're not like. I um, mean, some of them feel like they're cut, but a lot of them are the full song, and it, you know, you're not getting it butchered to to play it on a normal difficulty or whatever. And you do get to level up your favorite characters and have them do attacks, like you said, and all that, and have like the mix mash of different teams from different Final Fantasies too, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, they add like special things with the airship and the Moogle and all that too. So yeah, it's um like a really cool love letter to Final Fantasy um, that. 
You know, they also do in 16, but I think if you just love Final Fantasy in general, you will. Yeah, man, and they do a really good job. I don't do it very often anymore, but you, you can play competitively against people online and, and mess yeah. around with their stuff and send them evil things. And and yeah. also when you when you do play with people, they like they send you cards just from playing with them and, mm -hmm. and upgrades your people's. Uh, they do just interesting things that kind of just make you want to try different stuff in the game. It works really well. Well, our number one and two game, I have not played. I played the like first part of of uh, the number one game. I haven't played number two at all. Um, you guys have. Uh, number two is Marvel Spider-Man 2, uh, the PS5, the big PS5 exclusive game of this year. Uh, Randy, why was it uh, number two on, on your list? Did I have a two or one? I had a number one on mine. Yeah, no, number one. one. I'm sorry. Yeah, number I, I, one. I had a number two or probably okay. Well, it was number one and two yeah. for you guys. So, yeah, and it was back and forth with the other game that is number one on our list, trying to figure out which order I wanted to put them on. Yes, I know the compl the, the complaints. It is just more Spider Man, but that's what I love about it. It's just more Spider Man. There are many sequels that come out that overcomplicate their own system. We've talked about it a couple of times. Moving out to really overcomplicated its system, and it was not as fun as the original. Um, I feel the same way that from what Mark was saying about Tears of the Kingdom. It overcomplicated stuff. Spider-Man 2, it's just more Spider-Man, but you get to play as both versions of Miles Morales and, and Peter Parker. They both play just slightly different enough where, where it's not overcomplicated, but it does feel different. They do some cool stuff with the story that I won't spoil through the different stuff and the different gameplay you can get in. But what I what I, made me put it number one was... The first game had its flaws, and I think with the second one, they heard the gamers and went, all right, you didn't really like this much as this stuff as much. We want to still keep it around so it feels like the first one, but you're not going to do it as much. You're not sneaking around as much as you do in the original game. And all of these side arrest criminal stuff that you would have to do, there's some of it, but there's not as much. So you still get some bits and pieces. So it still feels like the original, but it's not as complicated. I did like some of the side stuff more in this game that I did the first one, but I also can agree that there's not as much variety as you would expect from a sequel, but it just, it hit the right notes for me as far as being my game of the year. Again, I haven't had a ton of time. None of us have had, as much time gaming this year as, as we've had in previous years for, for various reasons. But for whatever reason, I could not stop playing this game. I lost sleep putting four or five hours into a night that I should have only played for one because I just could not put it down. Absolutely love it. My son's been playing it. He loves it too. So again, it was really close with, with what ended up being our game of the year. And I can't disagree with it, its placing, but I absolutely love this game. Mark? Uh... I don't know. I liked it enough. But I, I think that it didn't overcomplicate it like Tears of the Kingdom, but I think it reduced it in a lot of key ways with the suit powers and stuff like that. Yeah. So that which kind of turned me off a little. Uh, I didn't really like the story in this one as much either compared to the first one. Like, yes, th this does reduce like the sneaking around crap, uh, although it still has some, at least three of those. <laughs> that I can think of, uh, but it was good, but, you know, I, I just thought that to me, I thought the first one is just better for some, for like, it just seemed like a more of an experimental game 
That's fair. Yeah. And I, I will agree partially with the story. I think it drags out a little bit. Well, I mean, we all know what's going to happen with Peter and Harry. We all know the story of Spider-Man and Venom and everything that goes on in that situation, whether it's from the comic books or the movies or the cartoons. And it's been retold a hundred times. Yeah. And it does drag out a bit to get to that climax. But I, I do oh. appreciate the slow build of Peter. And it's like, all right, it's going to happen. And then they tease it a little bit. And you think, all right, here's the moment. Nope, it's not going to happen. And again, I won't spoil things, but they do a good job at one point with a possible twist to his story. They don't go that route, but they at least make you think that they were going to change it in a different way. And, and I do appreciate that they at least gave the little suggestion just so it wasn't just so paint and dry. But yeah, I, 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 I do understand the story wasn't as tight and strong, but I think Miles Morales' story was really small and we didn't dive into it enough. So yeah, he seemed like... He was like right. singularly focused on Mr. Negative, and it's like you got mm -hmm. other shit going. You know, you could have other stuff going on. Uh, like the fact that like the first half of that game is devoted to Craven, also is just like really, <laughs> yeah. And in a way, Craven no longer is in the game is shocking what they did, yeah, for, with, with Craven being around. That's I, I agree. Also, I had some like nasty performance issues with the game, <laughs> like it mm -hmm. bugged out of me hard a few times. I'm trying to think. I think I had one crash and I had one weird situation happen. I think my son had a weird one that he brought me down to as well. I will agree. It did seem more buggy than the first one, which was a bit surprising because you think they'd had the formula down. So I, yeah, I, I, I totally get Yeah. yeah I, I totally get it. But I think I, it's the same with you and having Hogwarts Legacy so high. We just missed so many of the other games I think would be so much higher on our list. And I don't disagree with Hogwarts Legacy. Haley's put 120 hours into that damn game. So. She would 100% yeah. agree with you, but it, that's the problem with, with this year and the three of us trying to do this list. It's, here's the, the ranking of games we actually had a chance to play this year in a year that had way too many and a year for the three of us that had too much shit go on that made it exactly. difficult for us to play these games. So I know Sean has said it multiple times, but apologies for all the other games we've missed. Yeah, it feels like every week there was something... Not it, not literally every week, but it felt like almost every week there was something that your attention needed to go to mm -hmm. in this year. And then you had the huge mammoth games that took up segments of the year. That right. Some of them we got to play, some of them we didn't. Uh, you know, and it's it's crazy. And I know, especially with the game that is our number one, that people are going to be like, "Really? Out mm -hmm. of all the games that you guys could have picked, it's a game that technically didn't come out this year." Um, because it's Resident Evil 4, the remake, but it's a game that both Mark and Randy apparently loved so mm -hmm. much to put it at number one and two for them. Uh, it's a game that I, I barely started playing myself, but you know, I can appreciate. Um, I mean, it was up for Game of the Year at the Game Awards, enough people really loved it that much as well. It's the one remake that everybody seems to excuse. As yeah. the okay, you can have this on, but not maybe not anything else. But you can have this one. Uh, what makes it special? As as like, you know, it's not it's not really doing the Final Fantasy VII remake thing where it's totally telling a different story or whatever. It's kind of being more to the original. So does this one stand up there with the Resident Evil Two remake, Randy? You feel like? Right, let Mark go first. I I got my opinions, but I'll let him go first. I think it's okay. better than like the Resident Evil Two remake. Uh 
and it certainly looks better, but also like they, they did uh, tie up or clean up some of the Resident Evil 4 stupidity, like the stupid fucking robot that you fight like <laughs> late in the game. I think that's gone, thankfully. Uh, Ashley's far less annoying. Uh, I replayed that through that game two and a half times uh, just to like unlock more stuff. It feels good. The like knife uh, counter is effective and like fun to do. Uh, it's still the same like basic structure, but that structure works for a reason, and it still works now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for for me, anybody that knows me, I I over the years I, I've kind of soured on Resident Evil Four because of what Resident Evil Five and then Resident Evil Six became. I blame Resident Evil Four for turning Resident Evil down a path that it just could not An action come back game, from. Not, not yeah, it just worked. Action, yes, and so I have soured on Resident Evil 4. And, and I I might agree with Mark that Resident Evil 4 Remake is better than Resident Evil 2 Remake, even though Resident Evil 2, the original, is still my favorite Resident Evil game of all time. I love the remake, and I love what they did with it. But playing Resident Evil 4 Remake just kind of had that same feeling, I think, that Resident Evil 4 had when it first came out. They're like, okay, so this is what Capcom can now do with these remakes, and it just nails everything. The action is over the top and crazy. There's still some spooky stuff to it. The combat is fantastic. Like Mark said, the, the, the knife works beautifully, and, and they really play into that. They don't they do take away some of the stuff from Resident Evil 4, and some of it gets moved to the, the Ada Wong DLC that came out a bit yeah. later. Um, but for the most part, all the goofiness is still there. The merchant is still there. Some of the weird enemies are like, they're they're not going to do this with Resident Evil 4. They're, they're going to cut this, right? Nope, they made it crazier with Remake. And the whole thing is just fantastic. It's beautiful. And it's this is what remakes need to be. Now, Resident Evil, like you said, Final Fantasy VII Remake, completely different because they took the word remake and made it something, the meaning of remake is something completely different uh to square but this is just a love letter to what resident evil did to this whole genre and it's going to change that genre once again and now i know they they tease things and we'll probably get resident evil 5 at some point get remade and i'm worried about that maybe they can remake six and actually make it playable um but no, four is it's perfectly done i honestly cannot think of something i would want changed with remake and like i said that's why i'm totally fine with it being game of the year i just put spider-man 2 in there because it took over my life for a, a, a week and like i said this is a remake so ding it just a little bit it's just it's so good and sean i like you with you with alan wake 2 and wanting me to play it so bad i cannot wait for you to play more of that game yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah go on. Uh, it's definitely gonna be my uh january game until we get to like a dragon infinite wealth where i'm gonna take the time to play this for sure i would say the only thing i actually didn't like about the remake was the shooting gallery crap and like the keychain gotcha system yeah. and but that's to me unless you're minor. going for yeah unless you're going for trophies it's yeah it's you completely you can skip it like some of the the, the keychains that you get are beneficial and they help you a little bit but they make sure right. that it's not anything way overpowered yeah yeah, um, I mean, look, it's it's incredible what this year has been uh, as far as from the gaming standpoint, like mm -hmm. video games actually releasing, um, you know, 
the the amount and the the awesomeness of these games and like Resident Evil Four is right up there with them as far as what they were able to do with this remake. Um, testament to Capcom who has taken upon themselves to not just like oh let's just give them the game again or whatever like they're really doing justice to these things. And this is the second time in, in recent history we put a Resident Evil game as our game of the year. Wasn't Village our game of the year when it came out? Or was yes, it really Village. close? Wait, was it? It's probably the Village that year. It may have been close. I don't know if it was a game of the year, but I'm trying to remember if it won or if it was. I know it was top three. It was right in the mix. I think it was. It might have even won because all of us had it in her top five. So yeah. we all finally just went. You know what? Me. We all actually agree on this, and that's the other thing too. We talk about it a lot of times with how great this year is um, and all the games that we've missed. Just look at Spider-Man as an example. When the first one came out, I think, Mark, you had that as your game of the year that year or right yeah. up there. It was up yeah. there for a lot of us. But look at all the games that came out the same year as Spider-Man that we all had the time to play, and it kind of bumped it down the list. This year, we didn't yeah. get to all those other games. So Spider-Man shoots up to, to number two, even though Mark liked it a little bit less. I, I loved it about the same and it's just a, a wild year for for all three of us and, and games we'll get to i know people get mad Baldur gate 3 is not on there i've i played the two-hour demo that playstation let me have and i'm very tempted now to get into that game even though it is far from my genre but i very much enjoy the two hours i played of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's, it's definitely probably the the Baldur's gate uh Baldur's Gate 3 is probably going to be the one that I'm sure people are like, how is this not even on here? What the? Um, but yeah, unfortunately, like I'm at the same thing. I'm, I'm probably going to wind up playing that trial, but it's just, that's a lot, man. It's a mm -hmm. lot to uh, to sit there and invest money in a game that you're not sure if it's for you. Right. And, uh, you know, I'd rather take that route than buy something and then go, Man, it wasn't for me, and then I'm sitting here upset about that. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's that's something that we see happen a lot, and uh, I'd rather be not one of those people. Randy, you weren't on at the beginning to kind of give your thoughts on the year. Like, was there anything from this year that like you really stood out to you that you wanted to say something yeah. about aside from? I right, just that there were so many damn games. I know a lot of the drama going on in the industry, and you, you hate to see that with all the layoffs and stuff, but. Overall, as far as gamers go, it was a fantastic year. I know the buildup, we talked about it last year. Look at all these games that are scheduled to come out. And if they all come out, they're all going to hit. And there were games that came out that we all just assumed were going to be at the top of the list that just didn't work out. Um, Starfield, anybody? Yep, you talked about that, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just one of the top years i will i still would not say this was the greatest game or greatest year in gaming there have been others where i think it was deeper but one one of those years where like all the genres were hit all the genres had a, a banger for somebody to get into and and that's the fun thing about about gaming is we all have different tastes but there's always going to be multiple games every year that that tickle our fancy if you will and we all really get into and i'm super excited for next year where we know all these games in the thir first three months and then nothing. And I love the yeah. mystery of next year. Exactly. Now, a lot of people are worried about it, but there's going to be other award shows. There's going to be other directs and showcases and all that stuff that are going to reveal all these ridiculous games. I love the mystery of next year. And you know what? If next year's a down year, we have all said 
a hundred times just on this show. There's 50 games we missed that we all want to play from this last year. So if 2024 is slow, you know what? I want to do what we did a couple of years, what, a year or two ago when we were looking back at the decade of the 2010s. I can't wait till we look back at the decade of the 2020s and finally talk about the games we missed in 2020. Yeah, right. Our top 10 is going to be completely different when we finally yeah. play some of these games. It's going to be like, oh my God, wow. Uh, we got to play Baldur's Gate there. We got to play all these other ones. Right. Uh, there's games that I'm playing right now that I know if I had more time, like Dave the Diver, mm -hmm. uh, Resident Evil 4, you know, uh, Dredge, all that, that probably would be on my list, maybe. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of these wouldn't because, but I just haven't had the time uh, to play them. So, like, and that's just the indies. I'm not even talking about the, the big games that I didn't get to play mm -hmm. that you guys did. So, yeah, it's it's um it's incredible what's going to happen this year. What's going to happen with all the the big companies? Uh, you know, we got some of our some games that we're all looking forward to coming out pretty quick in that three month span too. So, um, you know, our 2020 game of the year, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Rebirth's coming right there, leap year in February. Uh, is it going to be our game of the year for this, for 2024? We'll see. Um, be, but, no, it'll yeah. be that Persona 3 remaster instead. Oh, the, you have the remake? Yeah. yeah. We'll see. I don't know. There's a lot of controversy on that one, too. Um, but, all right. Um, thank you, Randy, so much for joining yeah, us no on this. Um, next week, we'll definitely do our most anticipated uh, games of 2024 uh gonna do it more in the regular slot so on the the friday afternoon ish time for us i don't know randy if you're available you come on for that too i don't know i have to look at my schedule um, i can't remember and hopefully everybody has a happy new year your 2024 is better than your 2023 if it wasn't uh so great for you and uh we'll see y'all later later